There is nothing better than the feel of pen on paper. That little bit of resistance pushing back at me as I save my thoughts in a notebook. For years, I've looked to replicate that feeling on an iPad. But it's never really been the same, at least until I discovered Paperlike. The surface of the Paperlike is coated using nanodots, tiny microbeads that are designed to add superior stroke precision when you drag the Apple Pencil across the screen. The latest iteration of Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils that are designed for maximum picture clarity. These foils are developed exclusively for Paperlike products. Every Paperlike comes in a set of two, so you'll always have a spare in case you need to replace it. Within a few weeks of applying Paperlike to my iPad Pro, my Apple Pencil is getting more use than ever. Taking notes, journaling, tapping through show notes, you name it. I feel like I'm realizing the true potential of the touchscreen without sacrificing my love of pen and paper. To pick up your Paperlike, head over to paperlike.com BGA, click Buy Paperlike, and select your iPad size. From now until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their digital Pro Planner bundle at no extra cost with every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. Ready to do more with your iPad? Head over to paperlike.com BGA to get started. Welcome to Board Gamers Anonymous, the podcast of board gamers and the insane fun we have at the table together. This is Chris. And this is Anthony. And this is episode 405, Most Anticipated Games of 2023. That's right, folks. We did it. We actually made it through 2022. It's 2023. I can't believe I actually got here. I'm so tired. My resolution this year is to not do that because <laughs> then next year we do it again. So 2022 was fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great rating for, for a year. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd like to see, you know, at least the agreement for 2023 before I sign off because the last right. couple of years <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's New Year. I'm so excited. I'm going to make all these, you know, resolutions and get healthy and the world was like, yeah, I don't think so, bro. But uh, yeah, good going on that. So it's 2023. So again, if for no other reason, but the general bliss that we have for a brand new year of getting brand new cardboard to the table. And again, that's reason to celebrate if there ever was a reason to celebrate. Because at least, if anything else, you can count on your chips and meeples to get to the table hopefully possibly maybe kind of oh no i'm, I'm spiraling get me out of here <laughs> no 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 forward forward, forward. yeah th- those things are going to happen and we're really happy to be here <laughs> and again we're here episode 405 and again 
as always, thank you so much for listening. It is a brand new year, and all of you around the world are joining us together for this great episode. Thank you, our friends. We cheer on a great year, and we have a great episode for you. So this special episode will be our most anticipated games of 2023. I know, like all of you out there, we're really expecting wonderful games to come out this year. We've heard so much great news. And there's been some games from last year that have just been delayed. So we're chomping at the bit to get those games to the table. So this is going to be a really fun list. So check it out. Watch through it. And then especially you want to kind of plan out your shopping cards because these games are going to come up fast and probably go out of print these days. So yeah. <laughs> you're anticipating games, right, Anthony? I mean, like, if there's nothing else we do is anticipate games getting to the table. Yeah, yeah. That's it's funny, like, I, I enjoy putting this episode together every year because I get to go through and poke around and see what's coming up. Um, and then, you know, end of the year, it's always like, oh, look at all these games we didn't actually get a chance to play. <laughs> We're trying to do our awards episode and everything else. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, so much new stuff is coming. Um, <laughs> it's, an, it's an unhealthy relationship I have with the new year, but it is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. And again, if nothing else, it's almost even, and sometimes, almost even more fun to kind of play with the possibilities of these games before they get to the table. Because talking about them and like imagining how great and how much fun they'll actually be when they get to the table, sometimes, let's be honest, they're more fun in like theory than they are actually oh my in gosh. practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just listen to last week's episode. Like, somebody messaged me and they were like, you're pretty negative on 2022 releases. I'm like, are we? I don't think we were negative per se, wow. just maybe slightly disappointed that several hotly anticipated games weren't as hot sure. as we thought they'd be. Um, but it's not the same, right? Like if you listen to that episode previewing 2022, it was like, oh my gosh, this stuff looks amazing. And at the end yeah. of the year, like it was fine. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that. It was fine. Yeah. And I think like, I think we talked about 2022 being like a solid across the board year for board gaming. There wasn't any dramatic crazy highs, unless you happen to be the person who got a crazy Kickstarter in at the last minute before the year wrapped up. And, but there wasn't any dramatic, you know, sea falls, right? There wasn't anything like everyone was anticipating and it just blew up in front of everyone's face. So that's also very good because that's sometimes the worst that could happen. So yeah, it was a solid year for 2022, but 2023 is looking to be a really exciting year. Like, there is a lot of good stuff coming up and a lot of revisions and reimplementations coming up, which is really a lot of fun. And again, there's always surprises throughout the year. So, as the year goes forward, we'll let you know about those things as well. And again, if you haven't listened to it yet, go check back on our last episode because we have a whole bunch of great plans and episodes coming out for you. And new content on board game academics. Because, again, we can't stop, stop talking about board games. Because they're everywhere. And they do things. And it's awesome. And we're happy. And it's a new year. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so, Anthony, with that said, obviously our feature episode is going to be all about the anticipated games. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about our Patreon and what we're doing for all of our backers out there. Yeah, so... You know, we've been running a Patreon for many years. Um, many of you are backers. We really appreciate it. You help us get this out there, right? It costs us a certain amount of money every month to produce, publish, promote the podcast. Uh, and so every little bit you 
you provide that you chip in really helps make that manageable. So it's not directly coming out of our pockets um, as it has in the past. <laughs> uh, so as part of that, what we wanted to do is kind of just go back to the well, revamp, relaunch and improve everything about the, the Patreon. Um, you know, we haven't haven't had a chance to like really fully revamp it in a little while. And there's a lot of fun new stuff we can be doing that we already are doing that we want to kind of integrate with that. So some of the new stuff that's going to be on there. And if you're already a backer, awesome. You already have access to a lot of this stuff. Um, if you're not, head on over there and check it out. It's patreon.com slash BGA. Uh, so we just launched over the weekend, soft launched, because there's not really anything going on in there just yet. But We've moved from the Slack we had been using over to Discord because that's what everybody uses is Discord. So it makes a lot of sense to be in there. Um, we do have a Discord server that we've been running for a little while. There are some people already on there. You might already be on there. And then if you were already a backer on Patreon and your Discord account is connected, then you were probably added to that server. So you will see that show up in your server list. Um, so you should hop in there because you'll see things like, you know, if we see a hot deal or if any of you see a hot deal, you can kind of drop that in. Um, and then uh, review talk. If people want to talk about the reviews we posted or have their own thoughts, um, we're going to be doing some online gaming um, every month through Board Game Arena. So we'll coordinate that through Discord. Um, we're talking about starting a game club where everybody kind of plays through the same game and we can kind of discuss it. Uh, and then we have other places we can talk about like movies tv contests trivia um so there's a lot of new stuff uh going on through just that discord channel but then there's also additional things that are going to be added in right so we have uh our question of the week we'll still be doing this on facebook and twitter and wherever but for those of you who are backers we'll be able to throw a little bit more out there right so we have some sponsors that have come on board um, fan roll some some other companies that we're still working with that have offered some prize support so when we ask our question of the week you'll be able to answer it through patreon if you're a backer and of those people who answer through patreon will choose our favorite and the that person will win a prize that we'll be sending out every week um, we'll be posting our episodes yet you'll notice the last few weeks we've had ads <laughs> included in them um that's going to continue because again that helps us with like the increased costs that we're uh we're dealing with the, running the podcast but if you're a patreon backer you shouldn't have to listen to the ads if you don't want to so you can access ad free episodes which should be up at least a day or two early um we'll post those early and you can download them directly through the patreon feed um we'll continue posting bonus episodes every month or so um you'll have access to the board game arena group um again, already exists on Board Game Arena, so you'll get a link to join that. Um, and a bunch of other stuff that we're planning. So you can go look at the tiers. It starts at $2 a month, very accessible. And um, again, your support means the world to us. We want to make sure that we're giving back as much as we can as well. Absolutely. And again, thank you so much for backing us. Uh, thank you for everyone out there that supports Board Gamers Anonymous. You supported us as BJ Live. Now you're supporting us with Board Game academics and again it doesn't take much just let people know about what we're doing as far as gaming is concerned so hopefully you can convert them into additional gamers we have over 400 episodes just on this feed but obviously we've had several podcasts and the website again can't promote the website enough because it has so much great content to it and again it continues to grow it's not just a list 
of our episodes. There's so much great stuff there. BoardGamersAnonymous.com. Check it out. But again, it's a new year. Please, our resolution to everyone is to get more games to the table. And one of the best ways is to share the podcast. So if anyone you know out there might be interested in board gaming or maybe you want to kind of give them an entryway into that, we have a tremendous number of episodes that we feel are meaningful for a lot of different groups out there, whether they're not into gaming whatsoever, whether they're kids, whether they're families, whether they're into like just very gateway games or RPGs or heavy games, whatever you could think about, I guarantee you there's an episode out there for you. If not, please hit us up and let us know what kind of content you'd like to see for the upcoming year. All right, Anthony, so that's everything that's going on with us and our Patreon backers. Let's get on to the episode itself and our feature review, The Most Anticipated Games of 2023. All right, let's do it. So (laughs) the goal every year is to get 50 games on this list. And uh, that's exactly what we have this year, 50. So um, (laughs) these are new games recently announced. These are some older games that we've just been waiting on forever. Um, There's some expansions in here that may or may not come out, you know, we all know how it's been lately with Kickstarter delays mm-hmm. and general shipping issues and post-pandemic everything. So not all these games will necessarily come out this year, but we've been told they could. So they're on our list. Um, all right. So first up, number one on the list is Andromeda's Edge. This is the new design by Luke Laurie uh, being self-published in working with, in conjunction with Lucky Duck Games, Cardboard Alchemy. Um it's Dwellings of Elder Vale in space. We saw yes. it at PAX Unplugged. It looks amazing. <laughs> and I've absolutely backed it. And I'm looking forward to it. But it's Dwellings of Elder Vale in space. Yes. Yeah, this this is an instant back. It's weird to even talk about this. Because, again, I know like some people have felt different ways about Dwellings of Elder Vale. I like the game. I think it's incredibly accessible for such a large group. And it's so easy to get the game played. It's not everything. But I think this Andromeda's Edge with... It's kind of updates to a lot of things, especially the tech tracks. I think it's going to make all the difference in the world. So this is an instant back for me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have Arcs from Leader Games and designer Cole Worley, who's become kind of their rock star designer these days. Um, I was more excited for this before I played Oath, which, again, Oath is great, but Oath is hard to yeah. teach, hard to play, hard to get to the table. It's a complex game. <laughs> Um, and that's most of Whirly's games, to be fair. Root is an anomaly that it's so accessible. All yeah. the other ones are very dense. Uh, yeah. So Arcs looks to be similarly dense. Mm-hmm. Um, they are listing it as 2024, but the Kickstarter was like eight months ago. It's There's still a chance it comes out this year. Um, three to four player game. You played over three games within a, a single scenario. Um, and I don't know. It's hard to tell exactly what this thing is going to be, but I know it is possible. I saw a prototype at PAX. People are playing it online. Tabletopia. Um, interesting feedback so far, but card-driven actions, Cole Worley, I'm on board. Yeah, this, again, this was another game that when it came out for backing, I was just like, ah, it was, again, I think you mentioned it perfectly. I think like his other games other than Root were so difficult to get a table together of people to play it. And again, this seemed like something that was right up my alley, especially in that whole space kind of area. And his designs, while again, very kind of crunchy and hard to get to the table, once you get a people people to the table who know it, you're really excited because it's mm-hmm. really a good journey. So this, I've, I'm really excited about this as well. Yeah, 
Uh, all right, next up we have Voidfall. This is the next release from Mind Clash Games. Uh, they kickstarted it early in 2022. Um, it's coming from Nigel Buckle and David Turchi, who worked together on the Imperium games, um, which are great little relatively simple card games. This is not a relatively simple card game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a two to four hour space opera civilization building 4x type of game. And all of that is great. And I love that type of game. And then you say it's from Mind Clash. I'm like, awesome. And then you say it's, you know, to our work. I'm like, amazing. And then next thing I know, I've given them hundreds of dollars. So um, <laughs> I back this. I'll have it sometime this year. It will get played, hopefully, as long as it's not delayed. Yeah, I, this was an almost an instant back for me as well. You backed it. I was like, good. Yeah. Because this way. <laughs> I don't have to. <laughs> I think in the future, they're just going to have games where, like, you're going to need multiple people to back it. Maybe that's the way to go because when you have these heavy kind of crunchy games that are as big, especially from mind clash games, like they might as well almost just like, Hey, we're sending you a single player version of this. You have to get other people to back it. So like other people have to financially (laughs) commit to it in order to play the game. And I think that's the wave of the future. I'm just trademarking that now because this was like, Dear God, where am I going to find the people to play this game? And I'm just like, and Anthony backed up, like, good, there's one. <laughs> <laughs> just need some more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a couple more and we're good to go. We got That's this. Right. It's a Turchy game. It's probably got a solo mode. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Rolling Heights from AEG. This was on Kickstarter last year as well, which I keep saying that. Probably all these games were on Kickstarter last year at some point. <laughs> remember, when, I don't know. remember when Kickstarter wasn't a thing? Yeah. <laughs> um. So this is a game in which you roll meeples as workers. It sounds silly. It probably is silly, but it looks cool. And I, I kind of want to see how it works beyond what I've seen at like the conventions. So you roll your workers and how they land will determine what they're able to accomplish. So if they land face down, they're not doing anything that day. If they land standing up, well, that, that worker is ready to go, right? <laughs> so I, I don't know how that's going to work or how often they land standing up and how much work you can get going but it's like a push your like dice rolling type of game but with little worker meeples and you're building a city so i would love to see how this works i did not back it because i could easily see it not working but um it's a cool idea it just reminds me too much of my life for me to back this (laughs) (laughs) and the workers are all down Yeah, you know, you wake up and you're face down in your bed and you're like, work? I don't think so. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I do feel seen. Let me just put it that way. So uh, looking forward to uh, reliving my daily kind of work experience. Let's do that. (laughs) Um, All right. Next up, we have Pompero. This is a a new game by Julian Pombo, who is the co-designer of Mercado de Lisboa, which was like Mm -hmm. the light single mechanic game with uh, Vitella Cerda around the market. Um, and this one's about windmills. So uh, it's the government of Uruguay is trying to make the, the country reliant on wind energy. So it's an environmental game. It's economic engine game. Um, thematically, it looks really interesting. There's a lot of cool stuff going on here. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a huge fan of Mercado de Lisboa, mm. but this looks to be a bit heavier and have more happening. And I just love, I want more games with this type of theme because it, if we're going to do economic engine games, let's stop consuming the earth and let's you know do more around keeping it alive. <laughs> sure. Um, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, the Enol tool artwork, just gorgeous. I mean, really just nails it. And 
the graphic design, the player board setup, everything looks incredibly sweet. I think this is a game that, again, like you mentioned, like may not get as much as attention as it really deserves, and it probably has a, a lot of a lot of good things to say. But this is something you should keep an eye on because I think this is going to be a sleeper hit. Yeah. Uh, all right. Next up, we have the Artemis Odyssey. Um, so this is it's it's a couple things. So it's a sequel to the Artemis Project, which was like a surprising hidden gem Euro that was actually pretty good uh, from Grand Gamers Guild. It's also a re-implementation of Ad Astra from Bruno Fiduti and Sergey Logget. So mm-hmm. it's an old game. It's 13 years, 14 years old. Wow. Um, but updated with new mechanics and put into this Artemis world, which is very pretty, right? So um, I like I, I liked the Artemis Project. I like the artwork here. I had never played Ad Astra, so I don't know like what I'm getting into mechanically speaking, but it looks interesting, and therefore I will check it out. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, next up is a game we've already played, but it's not out yet. It comes out like in two weeks. Um, Atiwa, Uwe Rosenberg's Bat Game. So uh, we didn't formally review this because we played it once in a convention setting, but I'm sure. getting a copy sometime in January, so we'll come back to it and give a formal review later. But it's a Rosenberg game. You're growing stuff. It's worker placement. You know half of the drill already. So <laughs> um, it's a big box game. There's a lot of good stuff in it. So I'm, I'm excited to play this one more. Yeah. And how many games do you have that have bats in it that is, is not a DC property? Let's be honest, right? I love the bat meeples. <laughs> the bat meeples are awesome. <laughs> and again, another game with like an environmental message, which is cool because it's also fun. It's not just educational. It's fun. Yeah. This is a unique kind of middle of the road kind of game for Uwe. But I think that, again, if, if this gets a lot more attention, and I think it could get lost, I think if it does get the attention, I think this is going to take off. Yeah. Um, next up, we have Scholars of the South Tigris. This is the new game from Garpill Games. Um, they release one a year now at this point. And um, this is their new trilogy of South Tigris games. So they, okay. you know, release games in trilogies. We had West Kingdom. Before that, we had North Sea. Now we have South Tigris. Um, I don't know what East is going to be, but we'll find out in a couple years, I imagine. Uh, so it's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> All of his games are always interesting. I like some, I don't like others, but I'm always interested in to play them because they yes. always do something unique. Yeah, and it's it's a nice ongoing. I think I think the thing that really stands out and why his games continue to do so well is because he found a nice weight with his games mm-hmm. and then he's kept it. So I think the same group of people have been finding real enjoyment with his games across the board. This one seems to be a little bit heavier, a little bit more on the Euro side with, you know, dice placement placement as far for your activation board. But I'm um, interesting to say, I'd like his games to be a little heavier, to be honest with you. Like some of them are fine. I think most of them are fine, but like, I, I just want something a little heavier if, you know, if, yeah, if I could wish, you know, it's a new year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why he would change it if it's broke, don't fix it. But, uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, Again, when it, one of his games hits with me, it really hits. I'm looking forward to trying out any of these new ones. Nice. Um, Copan Dying City from Holy Grail Games, designed yes. by Eric Dubus and Olivier Mellison. Um, it's a civilization building game, ancient civilization game around the Mayan civilization. What makes this game unique, though, is that you start the game with all the resources, and as the game goes on, things start to fall apart. So, so it's cool. The, it's the fall of the Mayan civilization. And so you're trying to 
make your mark enough that you'll be remembered after the Mayan civilization is falls apart. What a um, cool concept. It is a really cool idea. The yeah. only thing I'll say is like these reverse engine games sometimes don't work because people don't like losing stuff, right? <laughs> um, like First Martians mechanic, like that game had a bunch of problems. But one of the sure. problems it had is like you start with everything working and then it starts to break and people don't like that. Like it's like, no, I want to fix things and build it up. I don't want it to fall apart as I go. Sure. So I think it's a tricky balance. If they pull it off, though, it sounds really cool. I, I again, artwork looks great. I love the I love the box cover for this. The game pieces here, the setup. I mean, there's just there's a lot to really love here. And again, as you mentioned, I agree. Like again, that's that's a, a that has always been the challenge with board games. We we just talked before about Shem Phelps games, like the idea that there is a standard, and the standard is the kind of safe space, and that's not meaning that's bad. But in order to go above and beyond and be remembered, so to speak, not not. <laughs> ironically right it has to be something different it, it really has to be something mm-hmm. that we you know a different perspective and i know i mean myself personally like playing certain board games where it's just like it flips that idea of like oh i'm a euro gamer and i play things and i build an engine and then like you play like last will or you play i don't know brass where you're like you don't own anything and you're like what why are they going <laughs> to my spots i own that spot that's my thing so, I, I mean, I appreciate that. Or, again, Zulk in the Mind Calendar, where it's a worker placement game, but when you place a worker, it doesn't really do anything until you pull them off. So, yeah, I'm hoping this is good. It might be that getting all the stuff early on gets people excited, because mm-hmm. I think when you play board games, you have to have a really good first experience. So, that might help with this. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, next up, we have Tabris. This is a new game from Randy Flynn. Um, who designed Cascadia and it is a game of making carpets. Mm -hmm. So you're in a Persian market. uh, You're going out and gathering all the resources you need to make carpets and then selling them. So dice based contract fulfillment type of game. It looks fairly standard midway Euro, um, but made Cascadia, which is one of my favorite games of the last couple years. And so I was excited and I did back this one. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Again, I think this is just, they know their they know their audience and they got that perfect weight down for their audience and then just riding it. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, next up, Empire's End from Brotherwise Games, John D. Clare. Um, so we have an ancient civilization building game with kind of an auction mechanic mixed in, some of John D. Clare's signature card shenanigans. And it's coming from Brotherwise, a, a company that really in the last couple of years has grown a lot and is yes. releasing all these big, beautiful productions. So I'm excited to see this. I didn't back it personally. It looks a little light for me, but yeah, I'd like to play it. Yeah, I, I did this as an acquisition to Sawyer. I really like a lot of this game. It was just the price and the Kickstarter edition cost was kind of kept me off of this. But again, looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, next up, we have First in Flight from Artana Games, um, designed by Matthew O'Malley and Ben Rossett. This is a game about the early days of aviation uh, and trying to be among the first to get planes up in the air. So another relatively light game. Um, and the reason I'm excited about this one is because O'Malley and Rossett have made a lot of games I like, um, chief among them Between Two Cities, uh, one of my favorite like quick, accessible seven-player games. Um, <laughs> so it's... They, it's there's a bit of push your luck. There's a bit of random elements of chance here because it's early flight, right? You mm-hmm. put the airplane up there, it may not stay up there. So uh, it's a cool idea. You're not just building something. You have to hope that it works. 
And so you're mixing in the luck element. We'll see how much that luck plays a factor. That'll probably determine if the game's any good. But um, looking forward to trying this one. All right. Fit to Print from Flatout Games. Um, this is a real-time tile-grabbing-and-placing game about making a newspaper for woodland creatures. Um, we got a chance to see it in action at PAX Unplugged. It looks a lot like Galaxy Trucker. Um, so we'll see how that <laughs> pans out. It's from Flat Out Games. So they have Cascadia Verdant, Calico. Um, so I hope it's good, but I didn't back it because of the real-time element yeah. personally. So we'll we'll see. Same. Absolutely same. Uh, Imperium Horizons is the third edition of Imperium coming from Nigel Buckle and David Turchi uh, from Osprey Games. So in this one, we're getting... It's a standalone game like the other two, but you can also combine it with Classics and Legends so you have a bigger pool of cards. Um, they've reprinted some of the original cards too for some balance adjustments. Mm-hmm. But if, if you haven't played this game before, like you have multiple different decks representing different um, civilizations and it's just like this inter- integrated card management system. Um, very, very clever. And it says one to four players, but really it should be one to two because a four-player game takes like three hours. Gotcha. Don't yeah, do this- that. Weirdly enough, this game has continued to dodge me for some reason. I don't know. Like, I want to play this game. Yeah. I was excited when I first saw the artwork for this game come out and still have not played it. So, yeah, eventually. I think you'd like it. It's yeah. your kind of game. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> ah, anticipation. <I> know. <laughs> um, all right. Next up, we have Future Energy. This is a re-implementation of Pioneers, which was a very under-the-radar game. From, That's um, old hilarious that that's just <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> um so pioneers i believe this is the one that came out with merlin um f- yeah i think so so queen games back in the day when they did their kickstarters they would often do two or three at a time right as so you back something and then you're like you also want this game you're like whatever <laughs> <laughs> and you throw it in the box that's right um so this was the one with merlin i backed merlin and like you also want pioneers i'm like sure i guess and- <laughs> It was actually a, a fairly decent game, um, you know, which I know faint praise be damning, but it, it worked. It was fun. And I don't think a lot of people played it or got a chance to play it because it was one of their Kickstarter exclusives and people yeah. generally wanted Merlin. And if they did back Pioneers, it was because it was cheaper and they threw it in the corner. Um, so this is that, but it's based around renewable energy production in Europe. Sure. So, you know, it's it's network building. It's travel involved but again a game about sustainability and, and building out a network um in a real world context not the past with cowboys which <laughs> just didn't didn't click with anybody um so whether the theme is doing it for you or not i will tell you the mechanics of pioneers were very good and interesting um so i'm looking forward to this okay again you know sometimes mechanics lend themselves thematically better to other themes and I remember playing Pioneers. I was like, okay, this is, I'm not going to remember this, but right. You know, maybe this is, maybe this is the game that does it. Yeah. Could be. (laughs) Um, All right. Next up we have, uh, let's go to Japan. Done. Um, So let's go. I really want to go. Titles. It drives me crazy where it's like, let's go exclamation point to Japan. It's like, It's like, welcome to dot, 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 your dream yes. home. And I was yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. no. Oh, my God. My brain hates this. Also, um, also trying to search for this in Google is going to be a nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, so this is designed by Josh Wood, who made Cat Lady and Santa Monica, um, two well-received games from AEG, relatively light. And then this one, you are 
creating and going on your dream vocate vacation to Japan. Um, so trying to get all the best tourist activity activities in over the course of 13 rounds. Um, the, the hook here, because the game looks relatively light, the hook here is that all the card art, there's 130 unique illustrations on the cards are from Japan based artists. Um, so they're people who live there <laughs> interact with these things daily. And the, System itself looks to be fairly simple. Like we saw a very quick demo at PAX, but it's mm -hmm. set collection, closed drafting. It's not a lot going on. You're trying to build your set and make the nicest trip possible. So it looked interesting. I think if it works based on the way they've done the title, they'll probably have more of these for other locations, um, which could be a cool series of games to have. <laughs> I, again, let's go explanation point and then to Japan, like almost like a downer. Like, yeah, I know ah, Japan. <laughs> Yeah. It should it should be the op well, I guess again, like you said, it's a series, so get ready right. for a series. But yeah, this again, this is a really good place to start. I mean, so Kaido has that kind of same kind of vibe where it's that kind of chill game where you're just collecting a bunch of stuff for cool factor. Yep. And yeah, I mean the fact that it's all artistry from Japan and artists, fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, not very exciting. Uh Daybreak. This is the new game from Matt Leacock. Uh and guess what? It's another game about saving the planet. So Yay! I guess 2023 is, is the year of um, clean energy games. There you go. So this is a game he's been working on for, I think, six or seven years. Because um, I and it, like I was teaching this in my class last year. Like, it's been a challenge. It's a hard game to make because it's not an easy solution. Right. Mm. We, if we had a solution, well, we, we don't know if anybody would use it, but we don't. <laughs> right. Uh, so in the game, everybody's going to be a world power and you're going to be putting out new policies and technologies and trying to shift everything from global destroying energy sources to more clean energy sources. Um, but the interesting thing here is because a lot of these games end up being pretty heavy. This one is a Matt Leacock game. So it should be in that sweet spot like pandemic that can be more accessible to more people. So here's hoping I back this one as well. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. Uh, inventions, evolution of ideas, the new Vital Lacerda game. So it's all about inventing and innovating and creating new stuff. And it's Lacerda. So obviously we're <laughs> on board. Yeah, it looks great. Again, an early kind of prototype and stuff on, I guess we, we, you could see the, you can see the prototype version online, but there is some pieces that are out there. And again, it looks like a really cool player board situation where you actually have some sort of like spatial element as well, as far as how you place everything out in your little tactical board yeah so yeah fun yeah looking forward to that uh the fox experiment the new game from elizabeth hargrave this backed on kickstarter last year um it's coming from pandasaurus it is a game about domesticating foxes so again science animal world it's got like some flipping and writing mechanics to it um hard to tell <laughs> where this one's gonna land in terms of like how well it works because it does seem to have a lot of things crossing over but Elizabeth Hargrave's Wingspan and then Mariposa's both very good games. So interested to see how this goes. All right. Alhambra, the Red Palace. So we have kind of a spiritual re-implementation. I guess they're saying it's a direct re-implementation of Alhambra in which you now have 3D wooden buildings and walls instead of just Ooh. the tiles. So <laughs> I would, I love Alhambra. It's one of my favorite games. I have the mega box with all the expansions. Um, if this works, if it's not just like pretty stuff to charge us a bunch of money for, I'm on board. 
Yeah, it's it's hard with these because again, you have the other version, and again with Queen Games, you have like fifteen little tiny additional pieces for that version. So, okay, yeah. I mean, again, if if it re- if it introduces it to new people, especially if it's three D buildings, yeah, sure. Yeah, give it a shot. Uh, My Island is Reiner Knizia's new game. It's based on My City, which came out in 2020, mm-hmm. um, which was a legacy game about building a city. This is a legacy game about developing your own island. So it's a 24-game legacy experience. Uh, My City, the games are fairly short, like 20, 30 minutes, fairly family-friendly. This seems to be in the same ballpark. Sure. And Michael Menzel artwork is always good. Oh, yes. yes. Uh, Castles of Burgundy Special Edition. Uh, we've talked about this at length. This is the Awakened Realms, very expensive version of Castles of Burgundy that was on GameFound. Um, I backed it. It's coming eventually. It's going to be the same game <laughs> with just the really expensive components. <laughs> very excited about this. I'm glad that you resigned yourself for the fact that you backed this. <laughs> yeah, it happened. I gave them money. So. Well, again, it's it, it's again, it's a, it's an interesting question, right? Like at what is worth that extra money, those extra components? Like we just talked about Alhambra getting a re-implementation, which is just better pieces and maybe some streamlining here. So Castles of Burgundy Special Edition? Sure. Why not, right? Like, you right. know it's a good game. It's not like it's going to be a bad game. So yeah, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Should be just fine. Keep saying that. It's fine. Yeah. Fine. Um, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably won't open it right when I get it, though, just in case at some point I'm like, oh, my God, it's like suburbia. I'm like, all right, I'll sell it. So. <laughs> or the fact that you have like 14 versions of Castle I, Suburbia. I will. This will be the third version. <laughs> I got to get rid of the other two. Um, Darwin's Journey. Next up. So this is from Thunder Griff Games. It's the new Simone Luciani, Nestor Mangone game. Um, this was back on Kickstarter in January 2021. So two full years ago now. Um, it's now a year and a half late <laughs> so because that's in my experience with Thundergriff, having backed a couple of their games they're very late all the time i don't know if all their games have been late but the two that i backed very late so yeah not surprised i'm sure it still exists because i did eventually get my games um didn't back this one though so i'll have to wait and hear when you get yours yeah i backed this and i it was a really like you with the same maybe similar maybe not as far as castles of burgundy like i backed it and then again it's another one of those like hey don't you want the nice pieces to come along with this because you're already paying like that you know the sunken i was a sunken cost fallacy like you already paid so much huh and i i i don't at this point i have kicknesia yeah. As you know, it's it's a it's a it's a real thing that I you know created it slash discovered slash have you know it's just like <laughs> I don't I back this I'm like I I guess I did do, do I know what level of components I don't is it late not surprised <laughs> like <laughs> so when this eventually shows up give or take I don't know two three four four thousand years I will let you all know yeah yeah we'll we'll talk about it on the podcast hopefully <laughs> who knows. Um, all right, moving on. We got Distilled. This is a game about brewing whiskey that was uh-huh. on Kickstarter, um, I, th- I think, last year. Might have been the year before. I don't remember. Um, I did not back <laughs> this. I do have several friends who did, and then I moved sure. away. So I don't. I won't be playing it anytime soon. But in terms of mechanics, it looks to be very strong. 
um, as just an economic Euro game, combining all these different things. Yes. It'll probably just come down to like, do you want to make a game about, or do you want to play a game about making alcohol? That's entirely up to you. <laughs> yeah, and I think the other thing too, it, it has push your luck. And again, push your luck in a board game, you're kind of pushing your luck a little bit because yeah. those really, uh, it's challenging. It's challenging to get that good in the game. It's got to be thematic. Yeah, there's very few games that I can think of where I'm like, yeah, that works. Um, all right. Next up, we have Hegemony, lead your class to victory, something we both backed um, on its way soon, I believe. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. And again, a lot of great content here. Um, again, I don't want to be overhyped about this. I feel a little overhyped, but I, I want to, you know, like there's a lot of good material and content about this game out there. So I recommend taking a look at it because I think it's 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 one of those another one of those challenges like root like the four different classes that come into play like they play differently and that's always like a wonderful opportunity to like have a you know a game always kind of hit the table or always be in your rotation because it's just infinitely replayable just based on like who plays what classes and how it comes into play and all the expansions and stuff that comes along with as well but also at the same time Again, is it a group thing? You have to get the right group. They have to be committed. This is a, not a this is not a short game. It's a long game. It's a heavy game. I'm excited. I'm just just a little cautious about this. Yes, yeah, definitely could see that. Um, next, we have Stationfall. This is a reimplementation of Last Frontier, the artifact, and it's pitched basically as a heavy Euro gamers social deduction game. Uh, so there are multiple different roles. There's hidden role elements to it and deduction and um, all sorts of mechanics layered on top. It's a Matt Eklund game. It's from Ion Game Design. It was on Kickstarter before. I think people have gotten their copies or are getting them. So it'll be in general availability next year. Um, definitely not a game I look. I would track down and play myself, but just sounds interesting. I want to see how it works. Sure. It's it's. I like the concept of it. So let, let's yeah. see if, if they can do something good because i think again a lot of those social deduction games are light for a reason so this game will kind of help us understand if if that's really the case they need to be light yeah or in fact like here's a great opportunity to transcend what has been just a i don't know party game you know filler kind of situation yeah um unconscious mind next up on the list uh you back this right I did. I'm really excited about it. And again, it looked like some really good solid mechanics. And just overall, the way the game kind of looks to be played seems like it has solid mechanics, great artwork, and it had a number of different expansions that should add to the gameplay. So um, good company, too. So just a lot of good stuff. Again, heavy, heavy anticipation. Uh, next up, another game you backed, and I did not, <laughs> for Mind Clash games, we have Septima. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this again, this seems to be, and I think they state as such, that this is a lighter game for them. A more yeah. streamlined game for them. And I, you know, when we previewed this, and I went through the Kickstarter and the rule set and stuff like that, I was like, yes, this is definitely lighter. And as far as like, I don't know if that's necessarily going to work so much. Again, this is a different take from Mind Clash, I guess, uh, with this and Asteria, I believe, right? 
the game with the stars, like they recognize the fact that they need some more gateway games in their collection in order to bring people to the heavier one. So I'm cautious about this, but I'm excited about it because I know a bunch of people who would really be interested in playing this and it looks beautiful and it's mind clash. So yeah, all good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't back it, but it, I do want to play it. And I knew that you backed it. So I was like, I'm, I'll, I will wait. And as another <laughs> game, I backed all the fancy pieces for some reason. Yes. But... Well, you say for some reason every time, but we know the reason. <laughs> I don't know the reason. <laughs> because you have no choice. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. Next up, we have a game that is just defined by the fact that it's big fancy pieces. Um, Lagranha Deluxe Master Set. Mm-hmm. So this is Board and Dice. They've been doing these Deluxe Master Sets for older games. Um, this is a game I had never played until like you showed it to me during the pandemic. Yeah. I like it. I didn't like it enough to pay this much for it, but um i'm glad it's coming back i really wish when they brought these old games back though they also released a cheaper version so that the game could then spread right because like they did this with yato like deluxe master set and then it completely dropped off the radar again because not that many people backed that and sure the regular version of the game is still out of print yes and lagrana if you haven't played it it's mostly farmery farming and markets but really what is the key component to the whole thing is multi-use cards where you get to tuck them in different locations and i found that mechanic not the theme really not the theme at all kind of but the mechanic really exciting so again love the artistic reimplantation of this but as you said anthony i think this might be another one of those games that it just might it just might sit on a shelf somewhere because i don't i don't think that even people got the original much to the table Right, yeah, and I just have so many of these giant games sitting on shelves somewhere. Like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it's um, like, you know that game you've never played, but you heard it was good? Now it's expensive. <laughs> yay! But it's pretty, and you're like, yeah, I just... Uh. All right. Um, so moving on to stuff that I backed. Uh, Iranian Burger Canal. This is a new one from Uwe Rosenberg. It was on GameFound, and it's a one- or two-player game um, about or onion burger canal so you're like building new industries and shaping the infrastructure and kind of building up the canal over this five-year period um it's got his little wheel thing from like glass road yeah. like managing your different resources um and i love when he like really narrows the focus and makes a game it's like it plays one or two that's it make it work like fields of arl is really good so i'm looking forward to this one yeah this is we just talked about something being very pretty and like overly expensive to something that's like not so pretty, but also a great designer. So, right, yeah, it doesn't have to be pretty. It's fine. It's, it's still works. It's whatever. Yes, they're <laughs> awesome. And now let's yeah. let's, flip, let's go back to that again. Yeah, and in ten years, another company will make a deluxe version that costs three hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and again, we'll say, hey, remember that game you didn't play, but you heard good things about? <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, the, the next one on the list is exactly that. We have Skyrise. Um, This is a re-implementation of Metropolis, which is a game that originally came out in 2008, um, and it was ugly. So the good folks at Roxley Games said, you know what? That was a good game, and we liked it, but it's too ugly. Let's make a less ugly version. Sure. So they went so far over the board. We're like, here's an absolutely beautiful, phenomenal, ridiculously nice-looking version of Metropolis, now Skyrise, and it was so expensive. Yes. (laughs) Uh, did not back it. It looks cool. We saw it at PAX. Mm-hmm. I want to play it, but 200 bucks or whatever it was is crazy. Yeah, and again, it was just a very simplistic 
gameplay mechanic, which wasn't bad because if you're going to have a very simplistic game mechanic where it's just placing the buildings out, it's nice when they're beautiful. Right. So, but again, it is like you mentioned, it's, it's another one of those situations where the game was not the best and now we have the best, but it's also too expensive to play. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I know. All right. Um, Let's swing back wildly. Uh, We have terraforming Mars, the dice game, which for some unknown reason has decided, you know what? We made pretty (laughs) cards for Ares expedition. We're going back to the ugly cards for the dice game. I don't know why they did that. No, it's cheaper. It's a cheap game, but man, it's ugly again. Why is it ugly again? And again, too, they made so much money with the board game and all all the expansions and the upgrade kit and stuff like that. Like people will buy this game. Why not in this case, why not go to the extra level and again, do new custom pieces of artwork and like, I know the dice are kind of custom, but like they're kind of boring too. Like, mm-hmm. let's. I mean, this is the game again. It's going to be a maybe they found like people wouldn't pay for this, but I find it weird. Like, I, I just don't. Yeah, throw money at this game. This one is the one that should be money should be thrown at it. Yeah. Yep. I don't. Uh, why did they do it? All right. Um, next up, we have Legacy of You. This is from Shem Aww. Phillips. Like everything else. Yes. Uh. This one's different, though. It's not in one of his trilogies. It's in the Ancient Anthology series, which means it's based on actual real-world events. Um, This one is a solo-only, fully resettable, non-linear campaign game, Mm -hmm. which you play the role of the legendary hero, you the great. I backed this, looking forward to it. I don't know how it'll... Like, you take that weight and style of game that he makes, you make it solo-only, so it's only an hour. I think that'll be pretty good, but um, looking forward to giving it a go. Sounds good. Uh, next up on the list, we have Stellaris Infinite Legacy, uh, a game neither one of us backed because they uh, never showed us the rules. Was... I, I, did they ever show anybody the rules? I don't think they did. I, I think don't the know rules they're... are still secret. This this thing, I will just say it now. This will this will be the game that'll make it or break it for me because I remember just reading through their like ever so thin layer of just explanation about the game. And then it was whatever it was the 24 hours or 48 hours to back it, to get the special free, whatever it was Mm -hmm. piece of plastic on the board. And just like the concept of like having people play this ongoing, I guess, I don't know if it's considered a campaign or legacy, like just you can continue to play it, but then players can drop out and new players can jump on board but they can still play to win because there is some sort of like leveling mechanic that goes on. Everything about this game should be amazing. And they just honestly, and I love the company above and beyond Academy games. does a great job. They just, I don't know. This just, this is a hard, this was a heartbreaking campaign. Not to back. I just, yeah. It, and it was incredibly expensive. <clears throat> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. 250 all in plus shipping. Like crazy. And you know what? It's been two years since the campaign almost. It's almost a year overdue. We still don't really have any information on it. Like if you go through the the thread on Board Game Geek, there's more people asking if anybody wants to buy their pledge than talking wow. about the game. So I hope it comes out and it's good, but not great, because I then I won't feel bad about it. But at this point I don't <laughs> feel bad I didn't back it because it seems like it's kind of just become a problem. Yeah, I was surprised that we didn't see them at PAX or just, just some sort of demo copy out there. So right. a little concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, next up we have Lords of Ragnarok. This is from Adam Kwapinski, um, the 
ridiculously busy game designer from Awakened Realms. And it's a re-implementation of Lords of Hellas, but this time we have the Norse gods. Mm-hmm. So uh, one to four player strategic. It's like dudes on a map, but Euro-ish. Um, so in the, the vein of a Kemet or any of the other games, Blood Rage-ish, um, with really giant, enormous god figures that you build on the map. Um, and this one is, you know, kind of fixing and tweaking some of the stuff from the first one and then shifting the theme and it focus to another region. So it looks interesting. I have Lords of Hellas. I played it once. I liked it. Hasn't hit the table again. So this one, I was like, I can't justify spending that much money again. But uh, I, I'm sure it'll be good. That game was good. It was. I mean, it was good. I'm, it wasn't bad. I think that's yeah. That kind of it's like again, it's it's hard because you look at the game and you read all the hype on the game and all the videos and the campaign page and you the cost of the game itself, and you're just like, it's fine. It mm-hmm. would be better if it, if it didn't have all the other stuff that comes along with it. I'm really surprised they did this. Maybe, again, because Thor and all the other Ragnarok and Norse mythology is such a big thing. But, like, hasn't the boat sailed? Like, don't we have this already? Like, yeah. I don't, I, don't I don't understand why this is a thing. I'm just saying. It made a lot of money. So I guess it worked. I don't know. <laughs> I, all right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Vikings are the new ninja or the new zombie right i mean they've been a thing for a while now so yeah um all right next up we have dune war for arrakis this is the it's not a really a re-implementation it's not to that degree but it reuses some of the ideas from war of the ring in the dune universe so it's designed by marco maggi and francesco nepatello it's from simon though so it was a bunch of miniatures it was very expensive um i backed it anyways because of the designers and i i do like dune um (laughs) But it's one of those games that I backed where I'm like, should I have backed that? I'm probably going to regret it. And it just it created a bunch of toxic yelling on the Internet, which I just why did I want to be a part of that? Um, hopefully the game's good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this was another very hard back or not back situation. Didn't back it. And just like it's one of those things where you just, you know, bite your nails and you're just like, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, it does have a giant sandworm. That was cool. That's true. That is true. How many games can say that? Let's be honest, right? Yeah, just the one. Everdale. Everyone's like, oh, Everdale. I'm like, do you have a giant sandworm, Everdale? No. Got a stupid wooden tree. It's not even Uh, wood. A stupid wooden tree. Box you could bludgeon someone to death with. Uh, (laughs) A box you could probably bury somebody in. Yeah. (laughs) Jeez. Bludgeon them to death and then bury them. I mean, they have everything else for board gamers. Why not have like a coffin, yeah. <laughs> a board game coffin for your jeez, your remains? You could be buried with your favorite game components. Like, yeah, it's, we're getting it's getting dark, man. Twenty twenty three is already dark. Um, all right, moving happen. on, moving it's on. Gonna happen, bro. Uh, we have Mercurial. This is a pretty looking game uh, from David Go and Hyperlixer. That is a fantasy world action retrieval dice rolling game. It was on Kickstarter. Um, Don't know a ton about it, but it is one that showed up on a lot of anticipation lists. People are looking forward to this. Um, And, you know, you're I like when you have dice that are have to be managed or manipulated to do something interesting. Right. It's like Mm -hmm. not a super light game. It's not just a dice rolling game. There's some euro mechanics mixed in there, but it's still dice. That's my favorite type of game. Sounds good. Uh, Marvel Zombies. Hey, has anyone talked about this game? Anybody? Anybody yeah. out there? <laughs> so talking about toxicity on the internet. Whew. Whoa! Yeah, Marvel Zombies was a mess. Um, 
So sorry to everybody who backed this and got a four hundred dollar shipping charge. Glad Oof. I didn't. Um, so <laughs> that's all I have to say about Marvel Zombies. It's it's, why... mo- it's it's zombie side with Marvel. It's fine. It's fine, and they'll they'll make all the monies off of it, right? Yeah. So indeed. Um, all right, and then last but not least, in our new game section, we're going to lump all these together because they basically are one this game time. at this point. We have the Feld City Collection, which the four games we're waiting on still, and again, like a year overdue here. Come on, We've guys. Got Hamburg and Amsterdam, mm-hmm. which I backed. I'm excited for. And then I kind of had a, a realization that that was being crazy. And then there's New York and Marrakesh. Yes. Um, ironically, Marrakesh is the game I'm most excited to play because it's the new one and it's apparently very good. But all four of them are shipping together. I think they said they're shipping now or soon to now. Yeah. Um, like the boats have docked, the games are around, but they're not here yet. So they're 2023 releases. Um, yeah, it's Feld stuff. And I know as soon as these actually ship out, they have more ready to go up on Kickstarter. They just they like, decided let's not do six or eight of these outstanding at a time. Um, it's, I don't know. It, I, yeah, I don't know. It's look, I mean, I think, we're well documented for many, many years being tremendous Feld fans and fanatics. And we've purchased and backed a lot of their games previously. So this was an interesting campaign. I think this is again, if, and when this ever does wrap up and it may not, because you could just infinitely, you know, reset his games in another random city around the world beyond, I guess the ones that are owned by other companies. Like we'll never see a castles of Burgundy, random city thing again unless right. it's you know 10 20 years from now but i was excited about this because i bruges is one of my favorite games of all time so give me another version of it i guess i'm a little disappointed i'm actually a lot disappointed with the artwork macau yeah. has been out of print forever so sure give me amsterdam um rialto has always been one of the games from fell that i've always been disappointed with i own a copy it's I played it a couple of times. Mine, mine is still in shrink. That's how disappointed I am. But it gets a New York City reimplantation. So here's here's the hoping. And then, as you said, Anthony Marrakesh, a new design that I think is the game that everyone is talking about. And again, all these games are very expensive. I did back all of these. I probably will have different levels of <laughs> of ups and downs and emotional kind of stuff but again the delay is kind of shocking surprising considering the cost that went into the games but in the future you will see re-implantation of Bora Bora which is a great game one of my favorite games of all time La Isla is an okay game that's getting re-implanted um, a new game just out of nowhere and then Rum and Pirates which I don't remember do you remember Rum and Pirates from Feld? that's one of his early early ones yeah, yeah. So- I don't think it's supposed to be very good it's just hard to find unless you yeah. go to that one booth at Gen Con where they're selling it for ten dollars or ten thousand dollars because yeah, this... well, now it's more. Yeah, I got yeah. it for ten bucks, and then oh, like good. two years later, they're like, "Oh, now it's super out of print. It's one hundred and forty." Like, what? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so yeah, I think we'll have the multiple stages of grief and happiness. We'll see. We'll see when that comes out. Yeah, uh, fun times. Um, so that's all the that's all the big box stuff, right? There's forty something games there. Um, now, there are a few expansions as well that we know are coming. These tend not to have as much lead time, so we don't have as big of a list of expansions. But some that we do know about are Arc Nova Aquarius. Excellent. Which, very excited for that. It looks to be like a big expansion with a lot of new content. Um, that's a game that could use new content, in my opinion. Sure. Um, we have Spirit Island Nature Incarnate. 
This was the recent crowdfunding campaign for the next big one. It was very expensive, had a lot of weird like blinging upgrades for like shiny cards and extra like it was I didn't love the way they handled this, but it's new spirits. And so I backed it. So (laughs) Uh, War of the Ring Kings of Middle Earth. This was supposed to be a 2022 release by all accounts, and it's not official, but the the rumor is they delayed it so they could finish the card game and get that out. Um, So my hope is now this will come out in 2023 because the card game is now out. So, but we talked about this last year and the year before, so I'm not going to go super (laughs) in depth on that one. Castles of Mad King Ludwig Renovations. This was on Kickstarter recently. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of this game, but it's a new expansion. So people seem pretty psyched about that. Um, Eclipse Second Dawn for the Galaxy. There are two expansions coming out for this uh, with new species. They're not big expansions. We have Outcasts, and then we also have the um, Seekers expansion. So that'll give us multiple new factions and a couple new updates to the game, which is just a brilliant game. So new content is always welcome. Yeah, I think this more than any other expansions is necessary Mm. because Eclipse Second Edition was great, but I think having played it i was like there's nothing new with the new races like there wasn't enough there wasn't enough of that kind of diversity because it's just like oh you have that thing i know exactly like you do this and therefore i do that it's a very rock paper scissor kind of thing so more asymmetry is what we need exactly yeah um all right next up we have wonderland's war shards of madness this is not a game either of us really got into too much this year but it's very popular um, mm-hmm. I have a copy that I've been meaning to play. So new content for this. I know a lot of people are very excited about it. Yeah, it looks great. And then uh, there's an expansion coming for Iki, which is awesome because Iki for the longest time was this game you could only get out of Japan. It was on a very small Kickstarter. Nobody had it. I bought I bought a copy for, in cash at Gen Con from a very kind individual who did not... We had trouble communicating. <laughs> um, and... Then they finally reprinted it, and it's available now from Sorry We Are French. You can get it wherever, which is amazing. I'm glad people can play this game. And now we're getting an expansion, too. So I will track this down however I need to track it down, because Iki is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and more content for that with the new locations and new expansions to the street. Um, super, super cool. Yeah, no, this is exciting. And again, I, I try to back it, try to buy it, try to... <laughs> Whatever, whatever I had to do in 2022, whatever underhanded dark means, I could not get my hands on it. So, yes, I'm looking forward to uh, getting it, especially when the new expansion comes out, they're going to certainly reprint. So, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah it'll be good. So, again, keep up with us on all our social media accounts, especially Facebook and Twitter, while it lasts, because you will get our question of the week each and every week and updates about BoardGamersAnonymous.com. Again, subscribe wherever you subscribe like wherever you like rate us wherever you listen or watch because that means a lot to us getting out there in the world in the new year so let's make it a big year for board gaming and a big year for getting great games to the table so anthony my friend until next time this is chris hey this is anthony and we'll save you a seat in 2023 take care everybody bye bye